Yo, what up though? Welcome. How y'all feeling? To IGP Quick Takes. Inspire guys, people. I'ma just give y'all a little something real quick. Like, you know. Been here for a minute, man. It's kind of like a freestyle, but in the form of a podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turn me up. Uh, it's gonna be good. I ain't really got time for this. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People, the podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is a quick take, people. Come on. Woo. Guys, people, welcome to today's show. Yo, if you're a person that's used to listening um, to the show right when it drops, I apologize. We typically drop new episodes at midnight on Wednesdays, but I'll be honest with you, I worked really late yesterday and woke up. I thought I was going to take a quick nap. I think it was like 6.30, even in the evening. Like, I'll take a quick nap, you know, and then I'll get up and I'll record the show for the night. And I woke up and it was midnight. And yeah, that's, I was like, um, mm, not happening. I go in the studio at midnight, especially after I just slept for four or five hours. And uh, four hours, I think. But um, yeah, here we are, man, dropping a new show in the middle of the day um, during my, let's call it my lunch break. Um, from work, we'll call it that, um, taking a, a moment to come and kick it with guys, people. And I think we got some uh, really cool topics today. Y'all know how quick takes work. Um, I throw out a few topics. I'll get to a couple of them. Maybe I won't get to all of them. Uh, but we're going to have a good time just talking and kicking it through them. So let's see what I have as options for today. This was one that I, I think was an option for last week. Um, but it kind of changed. Last week, it was something like why I have two beds. Um, but today, uh, we're going to potentially discuss why I slept on three beds last night and had another one delivered today. Like, that's no lie. This just literally happened. Um, slept on three beds last night, had another one delivered today. Um, the second topic is fill in the blank. Fire is dot, dot, dot. We're going to talk about um, fire um, as an example of describing something. Today is really all about getting you to think outside of the box and beyond the surface um, as it relates to your life, your faith, and your business. Um, and the last topic I have, ooh, I don't know if I want to touch this one or not, but I think I got some good things to say. Why name it and claim it is not enough. <laughs> yeah, y'all know, like, so... Um, you know, the whole name it and claim it thing, that's like, you know, faith is a big deal. This this show is about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And I want to unpack the idea of name it and claim it and speaking things that are not as though they were and some of the things that we adopt from church culture. And I'm not trying to offend anyone. I know, you know, as as believers, right, when someone wants to talk about something that maybe you believe or something you hold dearly to, um, a lot of times we do that in a way where we're kind of attacking and arguing. That's not what I want to do. I want to reason with you through scripture and maybe unpack some ideas and some things according to God's word and then allow those to minister to us and really tell us like, man, what is this naming and claiming and speaking things that are not as though they were? And how does this really work? Because we do know that words have power. So how as a believer should I be thinking about this? So God's people, let's go right ahead and jump into the first quick take. I'm going to start with the first one. Why I slept on three beds last night and had another one delivered today. All right. So, again, keep in mind that we're now talking through the lens of thinking a little bit outside of the box. Thinking differently than everything that's been presented to you 
as it is in life. I think some of us just kind of accept everything that's been presented as a reality and we roll with it. And if somebody really slowed us down and was like, yo, what do that mean? Or what you think about that? Or like, we wouldn't really have an answer. We work jobs that are just the jobs that was always presented, the jobs that my mama had, my daddy had, so I just do this job. Like, we never really step back and really understand that in this life, God has given us this gift of life, right? And I'm going to just unpack my mind a little bit before I jump into this. The way that I, like, the Lord allows me to see life is like, I see life through the beauty of the blank canvas. So I literally view life as like art. I have a whole project, if you want to listen to my music, entitled God Knows My Art, right? So if you got Spotify or Apple Music, or if you just want to Google J Will Music, that's J-W-I-L Music. It's all one word together, though. So J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. I've dropped a bunch of music. I got like 10 albums out. And you can go through my catalog. But what I released in 2017 was entitled God Knows My Art. And um, I start the the album with the quote that I came up with. There's something like, um, my words are to paint. My life is a blank canvas. God knows my art. Right? What I really mean by that is like, I try my best to approach this life as like the possibilities are endless. I actually get a little uncomfortable when I have to be in a box. And I got another song from my project that I released last year, To Whom It May Inspire, and it's called God is the Box, right? I think that's the name. No, it's called My Life a Song. But in that song, I say God is the box. You can't put God in a box because God is the box. Like, it's this idea that I live by that, like, my only boundary is what God bounds me by. Not what people bound me by. Okay, let me jump to the point, right? That You're trying to figure out what does that have to do with you sleeping in three beds last night and getting another one delivered today? It just got here not too long ago, by the way. All right, so here's my point. For me, like, you know, they say where there's a will, where there's a way. Like, I, I'm going to tell y'all like this. Where there's a J will, there's a way. <laughs> I believe, and I don't say that arrogantly. I really don't try to. Like, it's a little quote I say. I say that to my wife sometimes. Because I do live in this way to, like, I believe in trying to figure things out. So, like, you know, for me, kind of growing up where I grew up, like, you have certain things presented to you as, like, this is the only way you can be. This is the only way life can go. And I've always been the kind of person that's like, well, I don't know. Like, is it another way? Like, do we got to do what's always been done? I bring that mentality to my work, um, to my job as well as a leader. I'm always, like, curious about the possibilities. So we bought this bed. Let me get into it. We bought a bed. Let's call it. It was about six years ago now. Bought this bed. We go to this. Um, I'm not going to say the name of it. Y'all know in my corporate, in my corporate role. Man, we, we sell to... Like almost anyone like could potentially be a client of mine at some point in my career. So I try to think about the future and I don't want to speak bad on them, even though they're not a client today because I don't work in this department. But my point is there was a mattress store. OK, and you go in this mattress store and they had like we were so excited. They had it to where you lay on the bed and the bed has a computer attached to it and it monitors how you sleep. So me and Tiff was kind of like laying. They had different pillows, different mattress. And they gave us what they called, this is the mattress for you. Like this is, this is your mattress. This your pillow. 
So we paid whatever we paid. We walked out. We were so happy. It was exciting. I'm telling everybody, hey, man, they put the computer on me, dog. They put the, they told me to get this. Right? We was just blinded by the computer and stuff. Mattress was great. Let's call it for the first six months. I don't know. Maybe it was the first year. All I can tell you now is that it's been days that I woke up and I feel like I just came from football practice. Like, for some reason, this mattress, it hurt. It's like, I think for me, it's the firmness. Like, I'm not finding the right firm level. So, cool. So, one day, we woke up like a month ago. We had enough. Like, man, well, we put, I'm like, you want a mattress? Get, get you a mattress. Right? So, Tiff found a mattress online. And um, I'm like, order that. Get you that mat. Let's do it. Ordered the mattress. It got here. Cool. Dude struggled to get that mug upstairs. It was, I was looking at them like, uh. I wasn't about to help, though. Uh, hey, I'm working at home, brother. I have an Apollo shirt. I'm not about to sweat. I paid you to deliver this. Anyway, um, so they get it delivered. Ooh, cool. Nice new mattress. For me, off rip, I was like, it ain't the one. Tiff like, it's cool. This is nice. All right, whatever. Long story short, she, <laughs> she, she woke up in the middle of the night yesterday like, I'm tired of this. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, yo, but what had happened was, what had happened was, when Labor Day came, I'm a person, I love to shop. I'm going to just tell you that. I shop all the time. I just believe in being a gifted and anointed shopper. Um, I know how to find deals when there are no deals to find. I've developed this skill set since I was poor, and now I've mastered it now that I'm not poor. All right, so I was like, oh, I know when the sales are coming, Labor Day was coming. Let's go buy another bed at a different store, different type of bed, right? So we go into this store, da-da-da, we get the bed. Here's the beauty of it all. The bed that we purchased has a six-month trial period, all right? See, this is me thinking. I'm just getting y'all to think outside of the box. The problem is you need a mattress. I'm trying to give you a way to, like, start thinking about how you can solve problems. So I'm like, okay, let's get this bed that has a six-month trial period. They let you sleep on this bed for six months, and they only charge you $100 to send it back. Okay, cool. We slept on it for three weeks, four weeks, whatever. Uh, Labor Day came. I'm like, I had enough. I'm about to buy the other mattress because that mattress comes with a three, is it three month? Ah, don't get me to mixing it up. It might be 300 days. It's something like, it's either three months or 300 days. I don't remember. But anyway, their trial period is literally, you could sleep on it and send it back for nothing. Like, you don't have to pay nothing. I'm like, cool, so I got two beds. I got one, I got to, if I don't like it, I send it back for $100 and I already don't like it. I got another one I can get in the meantime, I can sleep on that for three months. And if I don't like it, I could just send it back altogether. Uh, on top of the bed that I bought six years ago that I really don't like, but I already bought that and I have that. And then, you know, um, whatever. So, last night, got up in the middle of the night, was tired of the bed I was on, and this is the new bed that, the last new bed from online. I was like, bump it. Let's I'm sleep in the guest room, man. We go to the guest room for about an hour, two hours, go to sleep, wake up. We're like, you know what? I don't know why we got these guests sleeping on this brick uh, mattress. Anyway, it, it was a good mattress back in the day, too. I don't know. Got up in the middle of the night, like, ooh, that one mattress, that one we just, that we, that was, that we hated. Let's go in the other room. Let's go sleep on that. We go sleep on that. I got up mad, hurting. And guess what? The new bed has been delivered. What is my point with all this? 
First of all, I know you're confused. You don't know where I slept last night. Second of all, my point is this. There is always a unique way to solve the problem. Now, for me, nobody ever presented me with this solution for finding the right bed. But I look at trial periods and the fact that I could send things back with minimal uh, cost or no cost at all. And I'm going to sleep on this bed. And if this don't work tonight, I'm going to buy another one. I'm persistent to find the right bed. Matter of fact, growing up, I didn't even know beds were this complicated. What's even worse is a pillow. I've almost never found a pillow as an adult that I like. And as a kid, I didn't even need pillows. So I don't know when the need for beds and mattresses and pillows come into your life, but it came into my life. It attacked me, and I'm thinking outside of the box and solving it. So, yeah, whatever you want to say about me on that, if you want to judge me for sharing that story, please do email me, jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. All right, now let's get into our second quick take. Fire is. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. It's really going to be a quick take, for real, for real. But um, I had this this thought, like, you know, the, the thought started with, like, describe fire without saying it's hot. That was where the thought started. And remember, this exercise is to get you to think outside of the box and beyond the surface. Now, why is it important to think outside of the box and beyond the surface? Similar to my sleeping situation, what our laziness does is our laziness sees a problem and it does one or two things. It either A, accepts it, right? So our laziness just accept, accepts, accepts. Ooh, that was cool. Anyway, it accepts the fact that, yo, this is the problem that has presented to me. I'm a victim. I bought a bed six years ago. They told me it was perfect. It wasn't per perfect. I'll just sleep on this bed for the rest of my life, right? That's the victim mentality, right? And then the other mentality is, ooh, I guess it's still kind of the victim mentality, but it's the victim mentality where you're waiting on a hero. So it's kind of like, yo, my bed is messed up. Hey, I'll just wait for somebody to come and bless me with a bed in my life. Like, I'll just wait for someone else to notice my problem and come save me from it, right? That, that's like the laziness in our flesh. Those are the two ways we typically react to things. What I'm trying to get you to do is don't just say fire is hot. That's the lazy thing to do. If someone comes to you and say, hey, describe fire, right? If the only capability you have is to be able to recognize what's obvious, you're not going to be a great critical thinker or problem solver. And all leaders have to be great critical thinker, thinkers and problem solvers. That's really a huge part of leadership is those two things. So I'm trying to get you to um, exercise your mind to think beyond the surface. So here's what I want you to do. Think about this. Describe fire without saying it's hot. I'm going to give you a couple seconds, right? And don't don't just don't be lazy or you're going to miss the true gift that comes with this exercise, right? Um you have to think about life and issues beyond the surface. So when we think about fire, here are some things that you could say about fire that gets you to think beyond the surface of what it is. Fire is beautiful. It's fascinating. Right. Ain't, ain't fire fascinating if you just watch the flames. Um, it's powerful. Like fire has this. It's powerful. Like you can hear it. You can hear the crackling. It's like something that comes. And that's why it could be dangerous. Like you, you see a house on fire and there's a power that is happening where the fire is taking over the house. But then you can see a different characteristic in fire and you can see it as calming. If you're like 
you know, having a s'more or a, a, a dinner at a fireplace, right? It can be, it could be calming in, in that way. It could be relaxing, right? Fire also is transferable. So you think about, you know, lighting a candle or something like that. Fire is something that you could transfer um, from one place to another. It's flammable. That's why you don't touch it because it is flammable. I think we got a whole uh, podcast episode, probably somewhere in the episodes of 60s. You can go and look through the list of episodes. I did a whole episode on that idea of being a catalyst and being flammable um, and the fact that we have to be mindful of who we're coming in contact with because they are flammable in that instance of, hey, you know, if I'm around negativity, rubbing shoulders with negativity all day, it's probably going to rub off on me. So those are just some of the ways that you could think about fire. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you now to describe yourself without saying what's obvious. So I'll give you an example. Most people who know me, um, they know kind of like, it, it depends on where you know me from, but there's going to be kind of a couple different sides. Like number one, believe it or not, is silly. Like mostly anybody who's ever known me in my life in real life is going to say I'm silly. He's a jokester. He's a comedian. That is what it is. I was the class clown in high school. If you listen to this show, you've heard me say that, right? That's kind of the obvious thing about me. I think one of the mistakes I made coming up in school was I let that reputation become my reality, right? So I was a class clown and I am genuinely silly, but what I did because that was what people recognized in me, right? I'm trying to get you to think outside of the box for yourself so that you don't fall into a box because what happens is we all have reputations and things that people know us for. And they could become so much of our reality that we we struggle to get beyond it. So if everybody knows Jermaine is like, oh, he's just silly, he's silly. There were times that I struggled with the serious aspects of myself. The fact that I am talented. I do love business. I was never in talent shows in school. Like as talented as I am with music and things like that, I never did a talent show. Because... But I would do anything to be funny to people. And I I did a great job at it. I was... I was I was hilarious as a younger dude so because I really imbi- embraced it. And I would do stuff like, um, this is this is embarrassing, but I'm going to share it. Um, like if I remember this one dude came to our school for career day and he was talking to us and he made a, a mention of how his dad went back to school as an adult and they, like his dad was older. They ended up in high school at the same time. I literally took over the class. It was like a stand-up session about this guy and his dad being in school and all the problems that come with his dad being in school. And that guy looked like he wanted to choke me, but I was a student. He was an adult. He couldn't do that. I've done that to several people. The Marines came to my school. They were so mad. They came in the hall. They were like, young boy, I'll tell you what, if I could get my hands on you. And I was just laughing and joking, right? That was me falling into the trap of what other people think about me. You know what I never did in high school? I never said, all right, Jermaine, who are you beyond a class clown? That's obvious that you're a clown. You're silly. That comes naturally. But what else are you? You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, you're also, you're, you're a talented speaker. You're, you're willing to talk in front of the whole class. That's a gift. So what I want you to do, right, and I'm done with this, fire is blank. You are what? Don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of what people think about you, even if it's true, or your past reputation Who can you be? Fill in the blanks for yourself, but think outside of the box. Don't allow yourself to live under the limitations, right? 
Live with a blank canvas. Live understanding, like, what else can I uncover about myself? What are the ways can I solve the problems I have? Have I tried every- You know what? That's the question I got for you. Have you tried everything? Like, as it comes to a bed, I still, I don't know. This is going to be my first night sleeping on this new bed that just got here. And I got to send this other bed back and, I, you know, all type of money spent and all those things. But you know what? I'm trying to find an answer. I'm trying to find a solution. So when you are truly trying to find a solution, you don't stop at the sight of the first problem. I got another pillow and a new sheet coming tomorrow because I'm like, maybe it's the sheet. So I've been online looking up what's the best sheets possible you could get. And this one company keeps coming up. So I bought a sheet and a pillow from them. And again, it was a Labor Labor Day sale, thank God, because it wasn't the cheapest sheets in the world. What's my point? I am so like committed and persistent on getting good sleep and good rest because I work so hard. I can't wake up tired. I'm not going to be able to get through my day if I wake up tired. But I'm so committed to that. And this ain't about me. I got to be careful saying stuff like that because it's already hard. Like people, when you're doing this type of stuff, publicly talking and inspiring people, think people think you think you got it all together. And I don't. But my point is, at the end of the day, I am committed to finding a solution. Have you tried everything? Whatever your problems are. Whatever your struggles are, we all have them. I have them too. Whatever things that are in your way that are hurdles, don't allow yourself to be a victim that needs a superhero to come and save you. Um, Jesus saved you. Jesus also gifted you with talents and abilities to be able to save yourself. So he saved your soul and then gifted you with ways to be able to overcome challenges in this world. That's how Moses ends, ends up at the Red Sea with the sea in front of him and the chariot behind him. And God gifted him with some things, right? And there's going to be time that we need some supernatural interference. Like, don't get me wrong. When Moses raised that staff, that wasn't him splitting that sea. That was God. But Moses was being obedient. God didn't split the sea. I can talk. I can talk. God didn't split the sea until Moses raised the staff. Some of us walking around with a staff in our hand and we won't raise it because we ain't tried everything. Because you're like, I bought one bed. I bought two beds. I'm tired. I slept on three beds last night and still woke up hurting because none of them beds is the one for me. But hopefully this new bed tonight is going to feel like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Anyway, hopefully you catching my drift. Again, I want you to think outside the box and how you view yourself, how you view your business, and also how you view. Yeah, I can. Boy, if you don't get this talking together, how you view your faith. And that leads me to the last quick take today. Why naming it and claiming it ain't enough. All right. Again, another disclaimer. I mean, no offense to anyone who lives by the thinking and belief that you name it, you claim it, you speak things that are not as though they were. Look, hopefully I can. Here's the goal today to give you a little more context and insight behind those statements. And maybe it's like a tool that is a real tool, but maybe we've been misusing it. Let's let's kind of explore. okay? so don't be offended. Just explore with me. Um, I will start off in a scripture. John 15 and 7, and I wrote this scripture down because as I was looking um, earlier this week or this weekend, whatever, this past weekend, and I was kind of like just thinking about talking about this topic, I was trying, I was finding articles where people are pro naming and claiming, and they kept naming in those articles John 15 and 7. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's explore based on 
like the scripture that the people who believe this believe. So John 15 and 7 says this. New Living Translation, by the way. Um, let's see. Let's start at 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Burned by fire. Look at that. Fire is blank. All right, anyway. Verse 7. This is the one that stuck out, that they kept you know, referring to. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. All right, cool. You remain in me. My words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. All right, so I get it. So people naming it, claim it, potentially take this scripture to say, Hey, the Bible literally says you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. So when you look at that in the most literal sense, it's like, hey, I want a Ferrari. That is my dream car, by the way, guys. I want a Ferrari. I'm going to get that Ferrari. I want a Ferrari. I want it. Like, so it's like, all right, name it and claim it. So a person that names it and claims it would, you know, want me to believe that, hey, you're not going to get a Ferrari until you name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. Hey, name it and claim it. Hey, Ferrari is mine. Hey, Ferrari. So that's, okay, you get, that's Ferrari. Anyway, I'm sorry. Got a little sidetracked there, folks. It happens. So let's, all right. So whatever you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. But the first part of that scripture says something. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that's where I want to focus. See, the if is where I want to focus, not on the what, because first I have to do the if for the what to matter. So I have to remain in in Christ and then because this is Jesus talking here and then his words have to remain in me. So I want you to stop and think about something. If I'm in Christ, right, meaning I'm not in my flesh, I've I've picked up my cross and I'm following Christ, which means my ways are not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. So now I've given up my thoughts and now I'm taking on the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians. Okay. So I'm taking on the mind of Christ. Cool. I'm in him. Cool. All right. So I'm in Christ. And then it says his words must remain in me. Wait a minute. So now I'm following you. I'm taking on your thoughts and your ways, not my own ways, right? So I've put down my ways, but now I got to use your words. Hold on. Wait a minute. what you say, God? Your word? So not my word. Well, my, my word was Ferrari is mine. That, that was the book of J. Will. Ferrari is my red. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the classic red Ferrari. Okay. Because to me, it ain't even the Ferrari if it ain't red. I'll take the red one. All right. But I got to now replace my words with your words. So I want y'all to think about something. If if I'm following you, let, let's make this basic, right? If my wife wants to eat at, at um, Popeye's and I want to eat at Chick-fil-A, right? And I tell her, all right, baby, ask me anything you want to eat and you can have it. However, you got to follow me and you got to make my words your words. She like, huh? Your words? But, but, but I want Popeye's. But if I use your words and you want Chick-fil-A, 
then now I'm asking for what you want. Come on, man. All right. So what's the importance of this? If I'm using God's words and asking God for something, he's going to give it to me because he wants what he wants for me. I've replaced my words with his. All right. Okay. And that right there. So here's what I really believe in scripture. Okay. This is really important to me. I don't like to just take one scripture and build an entire belief around one scripture. I actually think that can be um, dangerous if if you want me to be honest. I, I think it could be really dangerous to just take one scripture and say, all right, cool. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going with, with this mindset. Like this, this is what I'm doing. Like, I don't care uh, what y'all talking about. So let's find another scripture to accompany. Cause I like to look at what is the entire Bible saying about a particular, you know, way of thinking, right? So I don't want to take one scripture. I don't want to misread what I believe the Lord is saying in his word. All right. So now let's go to Psalms 37 and four. Okay. Let's start at three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Okay. But verse four says this, take delight in the world, in the, in the Lord. Sorry, not the word, not the world. I can talk. It's the middle of the day, y'all. I'm sorry. And I'm trying to hurry up because I got to get back to work. Um, you know, this is a break. Okay, guys, it's a break from work. I do deserve some time to have lunch or at least do a podcast as lunch for 20 minutes because I ain't ate lunch yet for real. I work all day, people. Okay, so I deserve a break. Psalms 37 and 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Okay, wait a minute. Then verse five says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. All right, all right, cool. So, so I want y'all to think about something. To take delight in something means to want what it wants. So like, or what they want. Like, so if, if my wife takes delight in me and what I want to eat for lunch in particular, what she's saying is to take delight in you means to elevate what you want over what I want. Okay. So it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Verse four, take delight in the Lord. So it's saying, replace what you want with what he wants and he will give you your heart's desires. Okay, wait a minute, God. You, God, you're doing something here. You keep telling me you're going to do for me whatever I want, but you're first requiring me to want what you want. All right. So that means that I first have to make sure that what I'm asking for is what you're aligned to. Now, I want to be real with y'all. That's a really big difference versus if I got 100 people in a church and I just say name it and claim it. And I never teach them to first follow the Lord. I never teach them, hey, before you go start walking around asking for stuff and saying you're going to get this and that, let's first assimilate you into Christianity, into the faith. Let's teach you what it means to follow God. So one of my first issue is we take people right off the street who are not like they don't they, they new believers. Right. You just fresh in the Christianity. And we start giving them these concepts of you name it and claim it. Whatever you ask for, God is going to give you. But we never did the thing that God said to do first, which is to take delight in him, which is to remain in him and make his words our words. 
to keep his words with us always. And so my, my issue is this. If you haven't first replaced your desires with God's desires, then he's not just going to give you everything you want. Now, that sounds harsh, but it's the literal truth, right? It's the truth. It's the reason why some people have been naming and claiming the same stuff for 20 years. And I'm not saying that you can't have faith for something for 20 years. Don't get me wrong. What I'm talking about is naming and claiming very superficial, tangible things. So it's one thing to be asking God for a miracle, okay? that I'm going to leave that aside. That's why I use the Ferrari. I'm talking about people who are naming and claiming houses or, you know, this land over here. I'm going to walk past this land six times. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You, all right, let me not go there. Let me not go. See, that's the silly me coming out. Excuse me. I don't want to be silly right now. Here's what I'm trying to say. There are, okay, I'll give you this example. I've seen a lot of times in churches where people name and claim cars or get promised cars through prophecies. And they're not, they're not getting promised like vehicles for transportation to get from point A to point B. They're getting promised, promised Mercedes Benzes. Benz comes up a lot, okay? So when you think about a Benz, it's like, okay, wait a minute. You're ta- wait a minute, sir. This lady has a 200 credit score, and she's very irresponsible with her money, and her priorities aren't right. She loves God, right? But, like, I don't know that her getting her Mercedes, like, she doesn't get the oil changed on her Hyundai. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying to put some things in order, y'all. We're walking around claiming and wanting things, and it's like, you don't, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, okay? These are all biblical principles. You can't skip a Hyundai oil change and think you're going to be ready for a Benz. Or you just going to destroy the bins. Like, and it's like, what's the point of you? And then what happens? We, we, we go out of God's will to get something, and it doesn't sustain us. It doesn't last long. Because it was potentially outside of what he ever wanted for you because you might not have been ready for it. Right? It's not that God doesn't want good things for you, but it's like, are you ready for what you're asking for? Now, I'm going to talk real quickly about the power of words and I'll be done. And then I'm going to end with, you know, authentic faith, right? And so the power of words, I, I think sometimes we don't understand exactly how it works, right? So you'll have people that, you know, some people just tell themselves positive things. I'm just going to say this, right? There's two sides to this stuff. Um, if, you take, if you take a young girl, let's say you got a, a two-year-old girl, and, and, um, and if you're her father and you, or her an, uh, an important person in her life, an adult, and every day you whisper in her ear, you're ugly and you'll never be anything, right? You're ugly and you'll never be anything. It's not that your words are magically making her ugly and never be anything, but your words are seeds to that little girl that you've now spoken over time. And that little girl very well could wake up believing that she's ugly and she'll never be anything. So I want you to understand, in the same way, telling that girl, hey, you're beautiful, you're strong, you could do anything— that's going to have an impact on her. You get what I'm saying? So our words are like seeds that can be planted. The things that we say really can't impact people. And in the same way, they could be seeds to yourself. So I do believe there's power in how you talk. Like I don't go around saying negative things or things I don't want to happen because I do think that I can influence myself through my words. And if I keep saying something over time, I can believe it. So I do tell my, like, all right, you got this. You could be great. I do things to remind myself. 
when I have business meetings, I, I buy um I have like not custom lapels but unique lapels. So it might be I got a um a, a guy on a rocket. I wear lapels to business meetings whenever I wear a jacket, and I put them on there. Number one, they're great conversation starters. So people are always looking like, hey, what does OU mean or what is that? Right. That's happened a lot when I travel. But then also my lapels are reminders to myself. I wear like things like a, a, an astronaut or a spaceship to remind myself, be out of this world today. So I do believe in the power of words in that way, right? Here's what I don't believe. I don't believe that I'm going to wake up today and say, hey, I want a Ferrari. And if I don't do the work, that is going to happen. See, the Bible says faith without works is dead. And we talked about that, I think, on one of the last episodes. And so this idea of just naming and randomly claiming things, A, are the things that I'm naming in alignment with God's will and his word and what he wants for me? Am I delighting in him? And then it's like, B, am I working for those things? That's a huge part of this. So A, is it God's will? B, am I working for it? Because I think a lot of times the way it's presented to us is, and keep in mind, when you're talking to a new believer, they don't know God yet. So you're giving them incomplete doctrine and incomplete directions, and they're taking it like, hey, okay, just add water. I should have pancakes. Well, it's like you didn't put them in the oven. You didn't stir them up. You didn't add eggs or whatever else you add to pancake mix. If it's just add water, maybe you literally just add water. But you still got to cook them. So what's my point is there's some work to be done. And a lot of times when we give people this information, you get people who are walking around, they're posting the right thing on social media, they're saying all the positive affirmations, but they are A, not, they have not given themselves over to Christ, and they're not replacing their words and their ways with his, and then B, they're not doing the work. And that, man, that last part of not doing the work, that's where the laziness that I talked about earlier of, oh, the bed, oh, I don't like this bed, bump it. I don't feel like looking for another one. We just allow ourselves to be lazy because we don't want to try to figure something out. But I'm telling y'all, and I'm going to follow up with y'all, if that bed don't work, we're going to find another one. I'm not done. My point is, at the end of the day, if you want a solution, then find it. Be strategic. Don't give up hope. Don't give up faith. Like, part of faith is that work. Part of hope is that waiting. But we don't like that. We want to name it and claim it and get a Ferrari tomorrow. And it's like, bro, it's not going to happen. I'm the person that's here that's going to tell you it ain't going to work. Like, naming and claiming it without work, it ain't going to work. I'm just here to tell you that. Now, if you want to just, like, I did this in college. I wanted this, uh, this Monte Carlo that was out at the time. I printed a picture of it. I typed the word motivation on it. I taped it on my dorm. Um, the color on the picture was red. I ended up buying a white one. Uh, maybe a year later or so. But my point is, so I do believe in like being a person that is keeping, um, you know, motivation and inspiration around me. I don't think that's wrong. I think it just get weird when it's outside of God's will. I think it gets weird when it's outside of the ability to work or the willingness to work, not the ability. And I think it's weird when we think we just going to magically say, it's like God is not a genie. It ain't, it, he ain't Beetlejuice. You know, it's like some of us think if we say something three times in church, it's going to happen. No. What did I say last week? Do the work. That's what we got to do to work, man. So hopefully that helps you. But I do want to leave you with, uh, on a more positive note for anybody who feels like, dang, you just like tore me down. That's not what I'm trying to do. Let's go to Romans 4 and 18, okay? And I, I want to leave you with, with some, some hope. Uh, 18 says, even when there was no reason for hope, 
Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years old, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I want to encourage you today in the fact that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, we allow what we want to be what God promised us anyway. Versus what I promised myself. Lord, what do you want for me? Lord, what do you want from me? Lord, what work would you have me to do? All I'm trying to encourage and inspire you to do today is that you can name it and claim it a million times, but if it's outside of the will of God, if it's not what God wants from you, if it's not what God wants for you, then you're doing it in vain. And as believers, we shouldn't have to lie to each other to sauce it up and make it sound good just to make somebody you know, run with it, run with our sermon, just like it's the latest song or the latest dance. It's like we're so trendy that we're getting away from the word. Hopefully I didn't offend you today. That was not the intention. I definitely love you and appreciate you for listening. I also would like you to email me your thoughts about today's show at Music at gmail.com. Again, that's Jermaine, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E, Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N, music, M-U-S-I-C at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Also, please share this show with your friends and family. Let them know that this is a dope show. Share it on social media. Tag me at Mr. Underscore Bellwether on uh, Instagram. Or how about this? Just look at the description of the show link and click away at how to contact and how to find me on social media. Until next time, guys, people, I think I'm going to play a song on the way out. Let's do that. Love y'all. If my dreams could talk, they would tell me good morning. I brush your teeth. Let's get this day started. You're gonna be great. You can't start late, but you gotta stay now. So I took his advice and I jumped out of bed. Started to scribble all the words in my head. I got my guitar, started strumming along. Now I'm singing a song. This is for my dreamer. Don't let nobody stop you from living This is for my dream I know it won't be easy But keep your head This is for my dream They're saying that you're crazy And I love your mind This is for my dream Maybe you are Remember when we started Didn't have it all together Just told them that the end was the beginning of forever Forever, ever, forever, ever, nah, forever, 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 ever, you never let up, nothing but effort, no matter the weather, you kept your umbrella, I know you got wetter, but if I didn't know any better, I swear you got better, better than you ever been, better than some better made, BBQ's better, baby, God placed me inside of you, from the womb, don't take me back to the tomb, make some moves, make the clothes, make the shoes, pay your debts, pay your dues, salute the ones that paved the way for you, forgive the ones that got hate for you, only chase the dreams God made for you, don't let nobody make you do what you ain't made to do. This is for my dreamer, don't let nobody stop you from living, this is for my
Me and you, modern day pinky and brain Not taking over the world, we just bringing it change One verse at a time, with these versatile lines That'll cross every line and lead a cross on your mind Fast forward, we tried, but we stuck and rewind Now we lost track of time, feel like Marty McFly These days, music is instant replay If you're the bellwether, why you repeat what he say? The copycat is limited to only benefit from the source that it replicates I know a better way An authentic, original, limited edition that's bending traditions Painting visions for listeners This is for listen. my Don't let nobody stop you from living This is for my dream I know it won't be Is this my dream talking? Should it be free or should I make some proceeds off it? Should I make a trap track to prove I could fly? Or should I just scratch that and speak from my soul? I'ma speak from my soul, let me speak to these souls Let me tell them about heaven and how the streets gonna be gold That Jesus peace on your neck won't bring no peace to your nest What good is wearing a vest? You playing Russian roulette With your life, and it's like that darkness you in is in need of this marvelous light in the fight that you in is a dead end. You took a wrong turn in the heat of the night, and your dream is a star in the sky, and it's trying to lead you to Christ. But the devil has made you a promise, and you dying to see what's inside. Now you dying, you see what's inside. It was less than a piece of the pie. 